Our scripture for today comes from the book of Acts, and it's a, it's a few different passages. We're continuing in our series on Simon Peter. This is our last on following Simon Peter. We're going to conclude it today, but we want to find out the rest of the story. After Simon Peter was reconciled to Jesus, that's really when his ministry began. And so I'm going to read a few passages from the book of Acts, kind of highlighting some of those things that Simon Peter had done. From Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. From Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in each other's tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Chapter 2, verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. <coughs> and then chapter 2, verses 38 through 41. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And then those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Eternal God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Like I said, on this Palm Sunday, we're going to finish up our series on Simon Peter. For the last five weeks, we have walked with Simon Peter as he began his journey as a disciple of Jesus. Through his great triumphs, like walking on water, the, being a witness to the transfiguration, and confessing Jesus as the Son of the living God. We also walked with him through his great stumbles, trying to tell Jesus what to do, falling asleep on the job, cutting off the ear of a guard, and denying Jesus, just to name a few. Last week, we saw Peter being reconciled with Jesus on the beach with his confession that he loved Jesus, a confession made three times to cover his three denials. And today, we are going to look at the rest of the story, which is the rest of Simon Peter's life. What did it look like for him to be the rock on which Jesus built the church? What did Simon Peter do with the calling on his life? And what can we learn from this incredible man of faith? 
After the episode on the beach, Jesus ascended into heaven, but tells his disciples that he is sending another to be with them, the Holy Spirit. So once again, the disciples have gathered in the upper room, and while there, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and tongues of fire rest over their heads. Now prior to this moment, the anointing of the Holy Spirit had been reserved for God's chosen ones, people who required special anointing to do God's will. <coughs> Kings and prophets were the only ones in the Old Testament who were receiving God's anointing of the Holy Spirit. We even see that when King Saul loses favor with God, that God removes his spirit from Saul. But starting at Pentecost, we discover that God is going to give all who believe the Holy Spirit because all of us have been called to do the work of the kingdom. The gift of the Holy Spirit, especially in the hands of Simon Peter, was a gift of boldness and courage. The disciples found themselves preaching and even speaking in languages they had never studied before. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The same Peter who only days before cowered in darkness, denying Jesus because he was fearful for his own life, was now in broad daylight confessing that not only did he know Jesus, but that Jesus was the Messiah. And that even though Jesus had been crucified, he was raised to life again. With the Holy Spirit, Simon Peter went from an impulsive and misguided disciple to a powerful preacher and witness to the gospel. Remember, Simon Peter wasn't an educated man. He hadn't studied how to properly speak in public. And we will see in the book of Acts that when he is brought before the councils and the authorities, that they were astonished at what he was able to do and how great of a preacher he was, considering that he was a fisherman <coughs> from the north side of the Sea of Galilee. <coughs> Simon Peter allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to embolden him and strengthen him to live out his calling to be a fisher of people, gathering in more and more to the church every day. In our scripture, it said that after he preached that sermon, 3,000 people accepted Christ and were baptized and added to their numbers. Not only that, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, he also served as a great leader for the church, trusting that God was with him as he spoke and traveled, we learned that he also had the power to heal, as Jesus did. He even has the power to raise someone from the dead, as Jesus did. In Acts 3, we learn of an episode where a man who was crippled from birth asked Simon Peter for some money, and Simon Peter didn't have money, but he offered him something more. He says, listen, I don't have money, but I will give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk. <coughs> and the man did. In fact, he did more than that. He jumped up on his feet, on the ankles that were unable to support him previously, and he leaped for joy. Later, Simon Peter traveled to Lydda, 
And while there, Tabitha, a much beloved believer, had become deathly ill in another town called Joppa. The people had sent for Simon Peter, and when he arrived, Tabitha had already passed away. Again, if this sounds familiar, it's very reminiscent of when Jesus' good friend Lazarus passed away and Jesus arrived into town after Lazarus' death. Once Simon Peter arrived into Joppa, he sent people out of the room where Tabitha's body lay, and he knelt down and he prayed. Then he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and she sat up. Simon Peter, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was doing what Jesus had done. <coughs> Simon Peter was now healing people. He was even resurrecting people from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit. This was always the plan for Jesus. Jesus' disciples were always meant to carry on the ministry that he had begun. That is why they were following him. They were to learn from him and to trust in him so that someday it would be their turn. And once God sent the Holy Spirit, they would have the ability to do as Jesus did. Adam Hamilton, in his book, Simon Peter, that we've been using for this series, shares this story. Recently, my old microwave oven died. <coughs> and my friend Reed came over to help me put in a new one. The new one didn't quite fit in the built-in cabinet, so we were going to build a frame for the microwave to sit on. Reed, who was great at this kind of stuff, brought over a two-by-four for the frame and his power saw to cut it to size. He was using an 18-volt battery-operated circular saw. We measured, we marked the wood where it needed to be cut, and set it up on a makeshift sawhorse. Reed grabbed his circular saw, inserted the battery, set the saw at the place where he was going to make his first cut, and pulled the trigger. Nothing happened. The battery was dead. Don't worry, he said. I have another battery. So he replaced the battery, tried again, and still nothing happened. He went through four batteries. They had been sitting in his garage so long, unused and out of their charging cradles, <coughs> that they had all died. The saw had the potential to do the job. It had the potential to do it easily. Yet without charged batteries, it was nothing more than an expensive paperweight. This is how I think many of us live the Christian life. We fail to invite the Holy Spirit to empower us. We don't pursue the spiritual disciplines of prayer, of worship, of scripture reading, of silence, and others to open us to the Spirit's power. We are living a spirit-anemic Christian life. Without the Spirit's work, we lead powerless, impotent, and sometimes even cowardly Christian lives the Spirit. We have power beyond anything we could imagine to spread the gospel, to help make new disciples, and to transform the world for Christ. You may think that what Simon Peter did in his own ministry is beyond what you and I are capable of, 
but I think that the reality is most of us are operating on weak batteries. We haven't taken the time to charge up our souls and embrace the power that we have been given through the Holy Spirit. That is part of the reason we have our discipleship journey. It is a way for you to charge your spirit, to create time and opportunity for you to connect to the power of God through the Holy Spirit. And right now, I believe we have an opportunity to recharge and gain our spiritual power because so many of us, so many of us are experiencing time that we didn't have before because the things that had filled up our schedule have been shut down. There are so many terrible things at this time that we can mourn. <coughs> but I also believe that it is an opportunity for a spiritual awakening. It is an opportunity for us to come back to God and allow God to pour his spirit into us so that we can be bold for the gospel like Simon Peter. Confession time. I'm sure all of you love my confession times. I'm going to make it even more dramatic and take a sip of water before I tell you what I'm going to confess. Jason and I got into watching the last couple of seasons of a show that we're not super proud of, but we can't help it anymore. It's a show called Jersey Shore. Honk if you've heard of the show Jersey Shore. Anybody? Yeah. Don't honk if you're judging me for watching Jersey Shore at this moment. I don't want to know. Uh, but Jason and I, <coughs> last year we got hooked on a show called Double Shot at Love, which is a terrible knockoff of The Bachelor, which I've never seen. Jason and I had never watched Jersey Shore before. It's been on for about a decade. And so we were unfamiliar with it. If you have never heard of it... <coughs> It's about uh, people that are basically my age now, but it started when they were in their 20s. They were Italian-Americans uh, living uh, in New Jersey, New York, Staten Island, and they have a very specific kind of life. It's, they, they sum it up by saying they care about going to the gym, about tanning, and about doing their laundry. That that's kind of what they, it's all about kind of partying. Well, now that they are in their 30s, they're starting to get married and have kids, and Jason and I realized there's actually a lot we relate to in the story. It's still full of drama. Uh, don't get me wrong. And there is one character, uh, cast member, named Mike Sorrentino. And Mike went to jail last year for tax evasion. But before he went to jail, he had a change of life, a change of heart. He uh, became sober, <coughs> he ended up getting married, and he accepted that, that going to jail was the price he needed to pay for the wrongs that he had done. And this last season began, and the, and the first couple episodes were about him coming out of jail. And he has this saying that he even had on his shirt during that episode, and it says, the comeback is always stronger than the setback. The comeback is always stronger than the setback. I liked that saying, and I feel like that could be a motto for Simon Peter's life. Simon Peter had many setbacks in his life with Jesus, but he never let them get him down for long. 
he always came back stronger. And we can see that after the biggest setback of denying Jesus, that when he came back, he came back ready to lead and ready to minister. Simon Peter's experienced setbacks in his own ministry, having conflicts with the Apostle Paul, with other early believers about Peter's decision to eat with the Gentiles, to his run-ins with the Roman government. But none of those setbacks kept him down. His faith was unshakable. At the end of his life, Simon Peter was in Rome. He had been arrested by the Roman officials and was set to be put to death. There are stories around his death that circulated in the early church, but they're not in the Bible itself. It is said that when Simon Peter was put to death, he was to be crucified like Jesus. But Simon Peter did not feel that he was worthy to have the same death as Jesus, so he requested to be crucified upside down. Then he was buried, and Christians began to go to that spot to honor Peter and the life that he led through the power of the Holy Spirit. On that spot eventually was a church that was built called St. Peter's Basilica. It is in Vatican City. It is in the heart of Rome. I've been to St. Peter's Basilica, and the size and scale of that church is incredible. It is difficult to put into words how large and how beautiful that church is, but as impressive as that building is, there is something even more impressive. In the 1940s, the Catholic Church did some excavations under the church to see if the burial location of St. Peter could be identified. And there were bones that were discovered that were wrapped in purple cloth in a marble box. They were believed to be the bones of St. Peter. Those bones were directly under the pinnacle of the dome of St. Peter's Basilica. Now you can take a tour the necropolis under St. Peter's Basilica and on that tour you can actually stand and look through a series of slits in the stone and catch a glimpse of the very bones that are believed to be St. Peter's. You can only see them partially, but I've seen them. I did that. And I cannot describe to you how in that moment, how real the Bible became to me. These are not just stories of imaginary people who did incredible things long ago like a fairy tale. These stories are real. Simon Peter was real. And the actual human. And I've seen his bones. And if Simon Peter was real, then the lessons from his life can be applied to us today. So may we learn from Simon Peter to say yes when it is inconvenient. Like when he said yes to taking Jesus out on the boat after a long night of fishing. May we be bold in choosing the option that takes more faith, like Simon Peter chose to step out of the boat onto the water with Jesus. May we confess publicly who Jesus truly is, like Simon Peter did in front of the crowds that he preached to. May we keep trying even after we stumble, like Simon Peter did over and over again. And may we accept the calling on our lives, like Simon Peter did, to become Peter the Rock 
And may we accept the reconciliation offered to us by Jesus Christ like Simon Peter did on the beach. And finally, may we remember that whatever setback you have faced, with God, the comeback is always stronger. If you agree with me, would you honk your horns this morning? I kind of like this horn honking thing. It's good.